Hey there, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of the Everybody Counts podcast. We're here to break down episode five of the seventh season of Bosch. It's called Juries Still Out. So we're back with Pete. What's up? And we've got this guy named Jay here. Who's that? What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Long time no see. Jay's new guy here. You see him as a new guy today? Yeah. <laughs> the I new just, guy. <laughs> I just started Bosch season one yesterday. So hopefully I, I can keep we, up with you guys. We should call him Collins for the rest of the podcast <laughs> since he's the new guy in the show now. <laughs> so, yeah, we, I mean, Jay, we, we covered for you. We had some great help from Mr. Mike Martini. And I mean, we just, we had to come up with all these cover stories for you, though. You've been gone a couple of weeks and, you know, Pete jumped in and said you were back at the police academy or working with Edgar doing some remedial mm-hmm. training. I mean, we I probably should be, you know, we worked hard to cover for you, man. So, so, I mean, what are your thoughts? What do you have to say now that you're back? Well, first, thank you, both of you guys, for uh, picking up some of that slack. And, and then, of course, Mike, for standing in and, and uh, filling my shoes while I was gone. Uh, I know he did a fabulous job, and Pete probably did an okay job, and hopefully Tracy did, like, halfway okay job, you know. Um, but, I, you know, I, there was nothing I could do. I ended up kidnapping Antonio to try to get him away from Maddie. I got caught couple of weeks in the slammer and uh you know i had a good lawyer and uh you know bosch was on my side he doesn't like antonio either so you know it all worked out in the end and here i am here you are well we're glad to have here you back and just once again shout out to to mike Bosch trivia guy for for helping good us guy. out you did a great yep, job and we enjoyed uh podcasting with you i just now listen i can't yeah. say anything about this okay, okay? i can't okay. but i want you to remember that you just said that okay 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 pete we'll talk about that afterwards i gotta fill you in on something okay all right cool messing with my head i like okay. that okay it's all right it's all right the podcast listeners will like it in about two weeks too so just stay <laughs> tuned everybody all right stay tuned well let's cue up this episode i, I was gonna jump in and say my thoughts I, a lot about this episode there there was a lot going on i kind of felt like it was a maybe a bridge episode not to make it sound less important or exciting but it really set a lot of stuff up you know going forward we've had a lot happen and then i feel like we almost had to have an episode to check and see where everything is what's the next piece and kind of moving forward into the rest of the season so that was kind of a, a word I came up with uh, as I was reviewing this episode. What about you, Pete? What are some of your general thoughts about the episode? So I felt like this was a very important episode for the season. It it, it set up a lot. And, you know, with three episodes left after this, mm-hmm. my only really reaction, you know, during this episode and towards the end was shit just got real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I said it was a very important episode to the season a bridge but a much needed bridge yeah for sure Uh because now i'm geared up and you know we do you know i do the rewatch and we watch you know one episode at a time but i don't know man i might have to watch all three at a time each time because (laughs) i'm ready let's go come on bosh what about you jay any initial thoughts before we get into i I agree i i agree this is this is the kind of episode where like if you go over a friend's house and they're watching Bosch and maybe you've never seen the show before and you sit down on the couch mm-hmm. and you're watching this episode with them and there's like 87,000 different characters and 62,000 different <laughs> things going on. Then at the end of the episode, you're like, 
I don't know that anything actually happened, but a lot freaking happened. What the heck is going on? Yeah, and yeah. Then, you know, it like it creates that need to continue on. Definitely, definitely to continue on. And at the end of the podcast this week, we have a debrief interview for you all with Michael Conley. So definitely I heard of that guy. I heard, heard of him. him. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. It's some some good information. And I've seen just uh, some questions going around social media and stuff. And I think uh, at least one of those questions might be answered in this interview. So I've been excited about sharing dun, dun, that dun. with everyone. So hopefully it will be insightful and, and a, a lot of fun. He is just such a nice man. I mean, he really is. And was very generous to give us some time and answer some questions. So that will be at the end of the podcast. Stay tuned for that. All right. So first up, case review. We've got several different irons in the fire. We've got, speaking of fire, no pun intended, we need to talk about what's up with that, searching for those who committed the fire and ordered the fire. We need to catch up with billets and what's going on with her personal investigation into these bad dudes that are giving her trouble. We need to see what's up with Irving. We meet Carl Rogers in this episode. A lot comes out of that meeting. But first off, we get a really cool callback with Dr. Gallagher. What'd you guys think of that, seeing him again? I Um, thought it was a real full circle moment for the series. I thought to open up an episode like that um, and then have an episode like you just did, Mm -hmm. I feel like I should have known better. Like when I saw, when I was watching it for the first time, has she has an opening? I honestly was like, oh, that's cool, but I didn't think nothing of it. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I watched the episode, I realized how important this episode was to the season. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, and then I realized, like you know, like I said, they they pulled out the big guns for this one. Sure. Yeah. And and, and when I saw that, like I said, it was a nostalgia factor. At the same time, I felt like that message was very important to start the episode of where you know for the beginning because of where we ended right i think yeah very true yeah it really becomes even more impactful i think when you get to the end of the episode and see where we are and you're like yeah just don't know the jury's still out you know we get the the, very ominous yeah very ominous for sure yeah so that was that was definitely appreciated from the writers adding that in there that visit with dr gallagher um well let's why don't we start out with irving let's start out with irving nestor delgado has you know been appointed the police commissioner board. And so he's already having a meeting at the chief's office and giving him trouble, putting pressure on him about not making more headway with the gang labeling issue. And Irv, you know, being the political guy that he is and trying to do his job, he's like, hey, reform takes time. We can't do this all at once. We're working on it. You know, it's an important issue, obviously. But he's getting the push from Delgado. And you kind of feel like everybody's coming at Irv, like pressure, do this make something happen, solve this East Hollywood fire crime or else, you know, or you're not going to get a second term. Do you guys feel that? I mean, are you getting that vibe? I felt like it was a, we know you can't fix this and we realize it takes time. And that's exactly why we're bringing up because right. the time's up. Like, right. just like, what a, what a nasty visit. So yeah. you, you the man, huh? Okay. That's cool. <laughs> I'm still rooting for you, Irv. Yeah, it's like they're picking out things that he can't solve quickly or can't, you know, bring closure to right away, like setting him up to fail. That's right. He he doesn't have the right friends in the right places anymore. Yeah. That's the problem. They slowly, Mm -hmm. they slowly either got voted out or retired or got pushed out. Mm -hmm. And and now they're giving him the rub. But at the same time, I think we're going to learn later on in the episode that he's much ready for this fight. Yeah. Well, why don't He's you go afraid. ahead there, Pete, a little bit. What do, what do we, what does he do later in the episode? 
I mean, he goes and um, talk, goes home and talks to June. And of course, she's always encouraging. But then he actually makes a move. Well, he had the, the cop pull over her. What was that? Her aide, right? Jen Kowski. Yeah. Her yeah. Um, so and now like to me, like I said, I do a lot of um, I'm a big fan of The Wire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in The Wire, he was the police chief in The Wire. And there was a couple of scenes in the show throughout the five seasons or whatever that I watched that he would do stuff like that. And it's it's. No one does the car pull up in an SUV <laughs> with the window scrolled down with the yes. creep and the message better than him. It's his signature move. For it, sure. it, it really is the way. I mean, they pull him over. So you're like, uh oh, what's going to happen now? You know, OK. And then you see like, oh, well, and then, you, then he pulls up and he's like, yeah, you tell you tell the, you tell the mayor or whatever. That if you want to play, I, I, they might the FBI might be dropping their investigation, but I'm not. Right. Which means that whatever whatever you're going to do to me. I'm going to I'm going to take you down, too. We're all going yeah. down. So you right. better just watch your step. And I like yeah. it. He's not going down without a fight. So for sure. And yeah, that I mean, there's just not enough words to say how epic that the window going down and him turning his head and looking and at you. I mean, to put a okay. pin on it, she got the ticket for the cell phone. Right. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like it was. She got nailed all across the board. Yeah, it wasn't, a it wasn't a warning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She got she got the ticket. Listen, I know we're supposed to talk about the scene. Okay, and Lord knows that I love this scene. But I what I want to know is like, is this scene for him? Is it like one and done? They're like, that's a wrap. Good job. One take because, you know, he's so good at that. Or or is the director like, you know, Lance, that was pretty good. But I need you to just look (laughs) a little bit more serious. Like, like, does that happen? Does anyone have to tell him that? Like, you know, I I think Jay didn't come off mean enough. At this point, if you're Lance, I'm pretty sure you'll you turn to the director and go, I got this. <laughs> you, know you just do what you got to do. No I'm pretty sure he just rolls the window back down to the director and, and gives <laughs> him that look. And they're like, oh, cut. Let's Listen, move on. Jay, Jay, I'll, I'll give you the best analogy. You coach a soccer team. Now, Fernando himself came on the field and was like, I'm going to take this penalty kick. Are you going to coach him? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's that's a good point. Good point. <laughs> you know, that's a good they, why do they even have a director with Lance around? They don't. They just don't know. Right. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Season pro, but yeah, it's it's a collaborative effort. But he certainly has had a lot of practice with that with that move, rolling the window down and giving the look. All right. Can you imagine well, if that was your dad? <laughs> that was your dad. <laughs> like I would be terrified. I might have never done anything wrong. In my yeah, life I would be the Lance most well-behaved kid ever. <laughs> Let's move over to Billets, our beloved Billets. She's going through a hard time, but she is staying the course and she's going to find out who these guys are for sure. And she's going to nail them. I mean, don't you feel it? Even when you're watching this for the first time. I think she knows who it is. She's going to have the evidence to prove it 100% innocent to proven guilty. Come on. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's a question in her mind. And it's also, also, I feel like if they would have been like, oh, okay, these two, they're punished. That's it. It would have been ending. I feel like Mm -hmm. what she's going for is something bigger. Like Mm -hmm. the word reform was brought up early in the episode. You know, mm-hmm. I believe this is also yeah. she's going for reform inside the department and the inner work. And she's not just trying to punish two people. She's Good trying point. to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. Well, she talks to Mank and uh, wants to find someone in, uh, in uh, Pacific Division. Is that right? Hollywood. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ex-Hollywood. Oh, ex- yeah. Ex-Hollywood. That's now at Pacific. Exactly. Because that's where those guys came from, apparently. And so she wants to get a contact there and you know get some scoop on 
how they were over at that division. And, you know, Manx like right away, well, yeah, we know one. <laughs> and she's struggling to think of it. And then finally she puts it together that it's Brasher. So uh, she makes a, a visit out there and they have a decent conversation. It doesn't seem terribly awkward, would you say? Um, no, because they're both striving for the same thing, which is mm-hmm. much bigger than any little personal thing they have mm-hmm. at the same time. You yeah. know what? I'm watching that episode. And if I'm a cop, honestly, with all the BS that they have to deal with, I would love to be a cop who drove a bike on the beach. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. If they're going to move me from the street, from criminal, and go move me to a beach, that sounds amazing. I mean, half the people in the world wish they could ride a bike on the beach for a living. So <laughs> It does sound good. But obviously, we don't know all this involved. So we're not making light of the uh, I'm, the I'm just, I'm just saying it's not like a cruise, but like, yeah, they, they did it very professionally and you could tell that they were both on a, a same side where whatever petty differences they had in the past was yeah. gone at that moment. So, yeah. Yeah. So she, she tells Brasher tells Billets about um, a situation where she Brasher and her partner came up upon a potentially really dangerous situation and everybody came to back them up except for Leonard and Norris. And so she asked her, you know, well, what, what happened? Did you report it? She said it went right on up the chain of command. But then, you know, nothing really happened and they just got transferred and became someone else's problem is the words that she used. And Billets is like, yeah, mine. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's crazy watching them go from one place where they're messing with people's lives and then you just get transferred over to mess with someone else's. It's terrible. Yeah, it is. Terrible. But then later, Billets, she's, I mean, she's, she's going for it. She confronts them about it in a sort of sly way in the break room. You know, they're in there talking to, I think, Rodriguez. They're telling a story about some woman who spat on them and um, they, how they gave her a ticket. And they're just talking horrible about the woman and everything and just just being gross. And Billets comes in. And she's like, just casually gets involved in the conversation. You know, you, you guys swapping war stories or something like that. And they're like, yeah. And they just sort of, you know, they don't talk as much once she comes in there. And then she brings up that incident and talking about how everyone came to back up Brasher and her partner on that, that, you know, must've been crazy and all that. And, you know, they're like, yeah. And, and she's like, so why didn't you show up? You know, and, and beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment. So beautiful. she caught them in their tracks, but they still came up with an excuse about being code six or something and not calling in because they didn't want to you know, take up the line when something so important was going on. But, you know, you can see right through it, obviously, you know, but you can also see on their faces that they do not like her calling them out. For real. Good. Yeah, I, mean, I, hope, yeah. I hope I hope it bugs them. I hope it pisses them <laughs> off. I, I hope it, it, it forces them to do something even dumber so that, yeah. you know, they, they don't just get us. Sl- it's time for them to be fired. Well, they're so full of themselves. Besides Brasher, we had another blast from the past with Billets in this episode. Who else came back, Jay? Pounds! Pounds, Harvey Pounds. Didn't he get sent to art theft or something? Originally, like in season two, they're like, yeah, he got moved to art theft. So I don't know if that still ties in with his involvement in this because he's investigating a a photo. So I don't know if he's still in that area working, but for either way, he is involved in investigating the complaint about the photo. And so they, they know that they used her ID. He's talking to Cooper says, you know, we got to go talk to Billets about this photo issue. And I think, I think Cooper, he kind of, you probably know this, Jay, doesn't he kind of play it down? Oh yeah. He makes yeah. his snide ass like, well, I wouldn't call it that. I think it was just a prank. A prank. Right, 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 right. Ooh, and he I said, and then 
Tom says, well, her hair is on fire. You know, she's obviously really upset about it, as she should be. But yeah, that in itself, oh my gosh, when he just sort of downplays it, just makes me so angry. But they do go and talk to her. They say, you know, it's obviously used her ID. It was an anonymous message board. They can't really find much more about it, but she pulls out some files and she tells them that these guys are incels and that they're not the only ones in the department, that there's some, you know, they're throughout the department. And it, it was just, you know kind of silly watching them realize what she was talking about and trying to call back and and think of oh this story and that story you know in the media but i, I had not heard of this group had you guys no, no. it was news <laughs> to me too i'm like uh, is this a real thing I, yeah it, it is, like, it is. It's, how do you uh, how do you become one of these things like what let's just focus on how to avoid well jay <laughs> from, from, from watching bosch the only thing i got you gotta be a big jerk that everybody hates and that doesn't know how to talk to people or women and you can become uh, one well i mean i didn't know about the sovereign citizens movement you know that was in last season i wasn't familiar with this issue but yeah i mean the quick google search and um it's for real and it's it's very upsetting and, and upsetting that they would have it throughout the department so these misogynist male supremacists involuntary incels just you know short for involuntary celibates so they basically hate women and do horrible things and use horrible language and it's bad stuff so i don't know how she got this intel on them but she's got it and she's not going to stop so um they're i mean i guess that you would you say they're a little taken aback by this information pounds and cooper they sure at least appeared to be Mm -hmm. you know even cooper who i don't like obviously even really? he was like hmm this doesn't sound good like yeah. maybe he actually realized like this wasn't good now yeah. it's cooper so god only knows but yeah i'll give him the benefit of the doubt this time. sure i won't i say cooper's their leader <laughs> <laughs> but uh she's you know they they bring her what they have but then she's got even more information so it's like i said she's one step ahead she's moving forward with this well what they had was oh there's no proof it was them we don't know who did it it's going to be a dead-end investigation yeah and then she's like no it's not i have all this information i did your job better than you here you go yeah yeah so well then we have an encounter with pounds over by manx window who wants to talk about that i'll let one of you guys take this jay that sounds like your territory Here's the thing. If you if you skip through this episode while you're watching it and you missed the probably, I don't even know, 36 seconds of Pounds and Bosch right in front of Mank in the window, just go back and watch it because Harry Bosch is just brilliant. I love the man. I love the whole scene. I love the whole like the, the glance to the window like, hey, do you remember that? You little piece of yeah. sleep. You look like just the whole thing. And then the short step in front of him as he go like just it was it was, it was amazing. It, it was brilliantly played because there were no words until he gets, you know. Right. It was just upset with him was, at the end. It was perfect. Yeah, it but it's yeah, you, those those glances, the, like the choreo- choreography of that little scene was just really, yeah. really awesome. It was perfect. So that that was definitely a treat for the fans. All right. The East Hollywood Fire. They're trying to talk to they being Edgar and Bosch. They're gonna work on Pedro Alvarez again trying to get him to talk and say who ordered the fire. And of course they're expecting the name Mickey Pena. They have secured his keep away status. After the last episode, he says, give me that first and then I'll talk. They're ready to move in and get stuff done. It doesn't work out that way. Because as usual, the feds screw it all up. (laughs) 
the feds have interfered. Yes. They don't even know where he is. They just know he's in federal custody. They go to the, basically the U.S. attorney's office, talk to someone, I think Agent Zhang, that don't get anywhere with her, but they go as far as, they demand a meeting with the U.S. attorney. How how possible is that or how likely is that to happen? I don't know, but they're they're mad enough that they're they're demanding that. So it's it's bad news for their case. So yep. talk about it, a brick wall. Is this the episode where Harry goes to Irv's house and asks him to intervene? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. shortly after this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they're not gonna get anywhere. And so he enlists Irv's help. Well, they also go to Pena's house or clubhouse. I don't know what you call it. Someplace where his car is. And Harry drops J. Edgar off a couple blocks. Can I jump ahead. in here, actually? I'm going to jump yeah. in here. Yeah, um, so as a, as a fan of numerous criminal organization TV shows and movies, um, <laughs> I find it hard to believe that Harry's going to drop off J. Edgar a couple blocks away around the block, pull up by himself, get out, go up, have a conversation with these guys just to distract these guys mm-hmm. so J. Edgar could plant the tracking device underneath the car. However, the car, you could see J. Edgar walking towards the car, you know, through the, you, they show you his view. Mm-hmm. First of all, any one of those guys, when they see Bosch pull up, is looking around all over the place to see if there's more cops pulling up with a warrant. Second okay. of all, for, for the gang that they supposedly are, and the stuff mm-hmm. that they're involved in, you would have definitely had lookouts on the corners or whatever the case may be on a regular basis just to make sure you don't get rolled up on. I know for a fact from watching The Wire, they were paying people to sit in the corner and drink a 40 and scream 5-0 when the cops came. Pete, so do you have to- your own criminal organization? Is there no, anything I- that you need to tell us? Go ahead, Pete. We're, listen, listen, we're here listen, for you. I'm from New York. I grew up in the, uh-huh. I grew up in the inner yeah. city. So I. Where do- were you last night at 11 o'clock? Playing my casino video game, but don't talk about that. Do you have <laughs> anyone that can verify that? <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying. I I understand it's a TV show, but as I'm watching it, I'm like, yo, Pena's guy's gonna get all over this, and then they weren't. So I was kind of disappointed. Okay. Um, well, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. I hear well, the ship is so believable on so I many levels that I understand that that could happen, and you could get away with it because maybe Pena and his group are just so overconfident that they don't mm-hmm. give a shit. Um, part of my French. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, yeah, Bosch goes up and rattles his feathers and says, "Yo, you know Pedro Alvarez. Nobody can get to him now." And he's like, "What do you?" And he's like, "You know, yeah, no, he's not gonna talk anyway." And he's like, "Well, guess what? He's he's already got picked up." And he's like, "Yeah, by who? Why can't you find them?" He's like. The feds got him. And he's yeah. like, you got the wrong homie, boy. Get out of here. <laughs> Instantly. Changes yeah. Too. He, you know, he talks to him long enough for, for Jerry to, to put the tracker on there. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's you wonder if they might have had a lookout or something around his car or, or around the perimeter. But Jerry gets the job done and Harry distracts him long enough to do it. But it, it is a it is an interesting conversation because Harry's just has that. How, how would you describe his tone during that conversation? It's not so much that he's looking for a fight. He's, he's just normal. Like he's got, he, yeah, he's normal. Like he's, he's got an answer for everything. It's like yeah, he's, he's talking prepared. To yeah. Yes. He knows what he's going to say. He knows uh-huh. how they're going to react to it. He knows how far he's got to go. And he's, he's an instigator. Yeah. 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 That's a good word. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting conversation. But the, the, the one of the takeaways from that is when he does go down the road and pick up Jay Edgar, where Pete probably thinks they would have another lookout, but he picks up Jay Edgar and they get in the car. He, he tells him that Pena seemed to already know that the feds had him. So that's the little nugget we take away there. Like, what's up? Why was he not more surprised when, when he said that to him? Interesting. See what will come of that. So, but they're going to be 
tracking Pena. So we'll have to see what comes of the tracker. Meanwhile, we need to talk about their first meeting with Carl Rogers. So Jay Edgar and Harry meet with Carl Rogers and, you know, he's like, well, let me introduce my attorney. You know, who walks in? Jay Reason folks. Another and- slippery Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Another slippery Jay. <laughs> oh, man. And they have a little, little chit chat about how, uh, you know, they knew each other before. And I think one of them describes it as, how does he describe it? Oh, like we've tangoed before or something. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and then, ended in a draw. And yeah. then they said something about, you got the guy to plead an involuntary manslaughter 15, 15 to 20, to 20 instead yeah. of your life. So he's going to be out in by 35, whoever it is, if he's 20. Yeah. So they have a little bit of back and forth and that's already setting up, you know, irritation for the conversation because not only do they have to deal with this guy that's accused of insider training, that's just deny, deny, deny. Now they have to deal with his attorney who they already know, Jay Reason folks. So uh, they start talking about it and how, you know, well, I guess we'll never, you know, that we'll never hear anything because, and, you know, Harry's like, yeah, because the, you know, the witnesses are dead or whatever. So they think it's just, you know, wrapped up in a bow, like, can't go any farther you know i did not do anything and you can't prove i did anything because we don't have any witnesses and jerry just can't take it you know it gets to him gets under his skin big time and he says well we do have another witness and you can kind of see the look on harry's face but he controls himself but you can tell he's like oh you have you know crossed the line here this is bad well um earlier in the episode when mosh was asking for the meeting with the u.s attorney and she says i don't know i don't know who that is and he said and jay egger comes out and says the hell you do and Bosch gave him a look there in that episode earlier in the episode. Yes. Jay Edgar jumped and talked out of line earlier in the episode. Yep. Um, Bosch gave him a look yep. and then it happened again yep. now. And, yep. you know, I'm sitting there. What are you doing, Jerry? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yes. and, uh, and, yeah. And and Harry gave kind of the similar kind of side glance like, dude, you like, need to chill out. Chill yeah. the hell out, man. You know, the meeting ends. They go outside and basically Harry throws Jay Edgar up against the wall and he's like lucky, this. man. I was Bosh just gonna say Jay, right in the mouth. Right I was just gonna mouth. I was just gonna say there was a moment when he grabbed him and put him up against the wall. And I've been talking about it for four episodes now on the podcast. At what point yeah. do these two brothers get into fist the cuffs? And mm-hmm. I was like, if Boss is gonna punch Jerry, this is the time. It's gonna and he, happen. And he should have. He should uh, yeah. have. Yeah, this should is different. Have. You know, it's not even like it was a regular witness. This is like, you know, basically your goddaughter, bro. What are you doing? Right. Right. What yeah. are you doing? Like, yeah. what, that's just that's not a mistake that's colossal now let's talk a little bit about this because there has been some chatter on uh social media about well jerry didn't really tell them they already had the video so why is it jerry's all jerry's fault but my thoughts <laughs> on it are that they may not have even looked at the video should they have if they were smart yes they should look at whatever evidence they stole but if they think they took out Branson, his girlfriend and honey chandler then then they might not ever look at the video so until he actually said that that gives them real cause to look at it so i can see why harry was so upset go ahead pete yeah at the end of the episode now that like what happened was is that maddie wasn't mentioned until the last second of the video right where she tells her to go to grab the go to grab it now, obviously, right. when they first watched the first the video the first time, they didn't watch it all the way through. Because if you watch the scene, the lawyer guy, Jay, turns his head and looks down at his phone like the video is over. And then he hears her Good point. and he puts his phone down and looks back at the t- at the screen. So Good he was point. watching it. He was about to make a call and say nothing to worry about. They're bluffing. 
Yeah. And then he heard it. Because all they were really concerned about, I assume, is what they knew, what the testimony was. So they watched, they could have watched the video, yeah, all the way through and the then testimony. Just, you know, yeah, and walk away. They're wrapping up. And you're right. He did look away like, yeah, okay, I've seen this. I still don't see anything. I mean, and how then, many yes, times have you guys it. done it, Tracy and Jay? Yeah. You're watching a show. It, the mm-hmm. credits roll. You pick up your phone. You stop paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I get you. I, I think, I mean, that's. I never together not pay for attention, me. Pete. I always pay attention. <laughs> to the credits? Yes. Yes. I can certainly, I feel like I can make a, a valid case for why that really tipped Harry to the other side. I mean, he's already said early on when they knew she was on the video, we got to make sure no one finds out she's on this video. He's already you know, expressed that. Right. But Pete's right too. It's like, it's, it's almost like his own daughter. Like, no, no, I'm agreeing. I think we're all agreeing. Yeah, I think I think we should go find Jagger and punch him for Harry. Oh, I'm going to call time out here real quick because I want to put this on record. Since Jay pays attention to everything and watches all the credits, next week's <laughs> trivia will specifically be oh, about shit. the credits. Not the credits. Um, answer, <laughs> Eric Obermeyer. <laughs> we already know the answer. Well, so, I mean, you know, we don't claim to know everything, of course. Jay does. Made some mistakes. <laughs> Jay does. You know, we have made some mistakes on the podcast. Uh, but that that's how I see an argument for, yes, he did have reason to really be mad at yeah. him. He is mad at Jay Edgar. And Jay Edgar feels bad because he goes and takes a couple days off, asks Billets for a couple days off, says he's just got to get some things taken care of and get some things together. And we find out later that he's going to be, looks like he's tailing Harry and Maddie and he's like her, you know, guardian angel. He's, he's out there watching over her when Harry goes back to the house and talks to her. So I think that's, you know, probably why he took the time off, but I do have one question about that. Yeah. One question about that because it kind of happened out of nowhere. Uh Um, We didn't get an answer this episode. Maybe we'll get an answer next episode, but Mm -hmm. do you think Harry knows what he's doing? And that was talked about between them has like a listen i'm gonna take a couple of days off i'm gonna watch it back don't tell nobody um i don't know i don't know what no, do you think jay no i don't think so i, I don't think don't, you put I, it together right away yeah because okay. because right now harry you know he's he's got some trust issues going on here uh-huh. and and you know what like i wouldn't want jay Edgar in this mindset watching my kid right now i agree mm-hmm. you know what good i point. mean he's I, out of control good point you know, another another dumb decision in the wrong direction. No. Fair enough. All right. Well, after he gets angry, after Harry gets angry at J. Edgar, he does call Maddie. She's at Dupar's, the site of her mother's murder, eating pancakes. And he calls her and freaks her out, of course, because he says, you got to get home, meet Antonio there, call me like on the hour or half hour or something, text me, regular communication. And, you know, she even says that he's scaring her, but she does it. She listens to him this time. Finally, <laughs> she goes home and she has a long talk with Antonio before Harry does get there. And we hear her making some comparisons between her mom, Eleanor, and Honey Chandler. So you can kind of, we learn a little bit more about how she's developed a relationship with Honey Chandler and sees her kind of as a mentor, maybe even maternal type figure. And he, she's, you know, making comparisons about how they're, you know, fearless and both so strong. And, you know, I think... Madison Lentz mentioned this in her interview that we shared on the last podcast that Maddie doesn't want to see, doesn't want to lose another, you know, person in her life and that she didn't have control over what happened to Eleanor. So I think she's very invested in Chandler's care and her getting better. And I think it shows that, you know, she really has developed maybe a stronger relationship 
deeper relationship with her than we realized. But it all brings her full circle to talking about how much she really misses her mom. It's, it's a touching scene because we don't always see a lot of emotion from Maddie. I mean, we see reactions and she might get angry or have strong opinions, but she, I don't think she's super vulnerable all the time. What about you guys? I think you're right. Hmm. I mean, I think you're right. matter of opinion, but it was interesting to see her open up like that to him. So this season has officially been the Bosch wrap up tour, I feel. Mm-hmm. And um, like, okay, so here's my opinion. They didn't need that scene in the episode at all because we all know Maddie, you know, looks at Honey, you know, has a, a, a role model and, you know, loves mm-hmm. her mother. But I felt that it was a very important emotional scene for the episode and for Maddie's character because a few things happened there. Mm-hmm. One is it's really hard as an actor, or actress, I got to believe to get to that level that she was at because we've seen, we've seen, you know, people cry in real life and we've seen people cry in the movies and TV. And it's hard to really be believable on TV because you know, mm-hmm. it's a TV show, but I feel like she really nailed it. And you know, it's, it's a real life thing because mm-hmm. there's plenty of times where I'll sit there and, and think about somebody that I lost, you know, years later mm-hmm. and just start bawling out crying. I miss that. I miss that person. I miss that person. Sure. Sure. I also think it was super important that she was willing to express that emotion in front of Antonio and to Mm -hmm. Antonio in front of us as the viewer. Yeah. Because it seems like her and Antonio have this really close relationship, but us as viewers have not experienced any of it, I feel. So therefore, when this guy's like, I'll go walk the dog, the hell you will. Who who, who cleared you to walk my dog or our dog? You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. no. So he must have walked the dog a trillion times. Harry's got to have cleared him. Um, no, he's cleared. He's cleared. We, we didn't know it yet, but I'm telling you all now, even though he's still got to go, Antonio has been cleared by everybody else. Yes, Coltrane clearance. That's, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Because you know what? I don't care what anybody says. Not just any Joe Schmoes walking my dog. <laughs> you got you to watch those dog walkers. So, all right, Harry gets home. Yes, Antonio goes to walk Coltrane. Uh, but we did, we did get that opportunity to see some of that vulnerability from her and of more of her relationship with Antonio. Um, Harry explains what's going on. He doesn't explain it to her directly, but we had learned earlier in the episode that, you know, obviously it's, it's nerve wracking thinking about going in and testifying. You know, if, if they figure out who she is, they're going to try to take her out. But um, earlier in the episode, we learned about the exception that Tegan Boyle talked about once you make the testimony, if, if, if someone tries to kill you before you make it to the trial, that the, the grand jury testimony is valid. So it's a disincentive to try to take someone out before but, they make it to trial. Yes. But to me, as a, as a viewer watching this, uh-huh. all I see is we want your daughter to testify as soon as possible yeah, because she's going to get taken out. The safest route for her right now and it's taken away from the whole show, is Bosch, Jay Edgar, and maybe Pearson Vega and Robinson all go to a safe house for like four months and just hang out <laughs> and just look out and keep, keep them on the corner, watching the cars for tracking devices and hold it down and keep Maddie safe. And Antonio could stay home with Coltrane. With Coltrane. Well, yes, despite the exception, it does still sound really scary to me. And there is a, a does appear because to be they don't care about Maddie here. They're not yeah. worried about the witness. They're worried about the testimony. Mm-hmm. That's that's the mm-hmm. problem here. And Bosch knows it. He's not stupid. He just knows that once that testimony goes in, you know, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like she's any safer if she if she does do the testimony. They're still gonna be pissed that she did it to them and still want to kill her. I feel. 
it's 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 still very it's a terrifying situation to me still yes i i agree with that part but yeah he tells her it's going to be not the next day but the next day that she's going to do that uh we also get a little bit from the research of on this case with robertson and bennett they get the the ballistics information back about the gunman we learned that he was wearing a distortion mask vega knows about that they get the name george mcclellan this is who this gunman got a rental car under that alias and by the end of the episode i think we see the plane flying off like this guy is is gone they go to find the the rental or something but they're looking at the same time they're trying to get i believe crate and barrel to, to look for any mob connections with folks as an attorney has he represented anybody else where there might be some mob connections and they do come up with one where they represented someone named willie Datz. And some witnesses conveniently disappeared. So they're trying to put some information together on that end of things to see who hired this. You know, we obviously believe it's them. Who hired it? How hired the hitman? How did it happen? So we've got we've got our heroes, Crate and Barrel, working on that. So that's good. And then we do wrap up the episode with the the uh, scene that Pete talked about with uh, folks reviewing the video either for the first time or the second time, but he does go all the way to the end, looks away, hears someone else's voice, looks up and just has this, you know, shocked look on his face and calls and says, we need the guy to come back. So whoever just flew out, they want him to come back and we know they're going to be after Maddie. So uh, pretty, uh, pretty scary ending. So anything else about the episode that you want to point out before we go into some other segments? No. No. <laughs> he sounded so angry. I get a solid no from Jay. What about you, Pete? I'm good. We can move okay. on. Okay. All right. Well, let's move into the interrogation room. We'll each come up with a question to share with the group and find out what everyone uh, has to say about it. Who wants to go first? Pete. Okay. All right. Um, you ready? For me, the most important part of this season was at 2117 when Jay Edgar told... We have a witness. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's been out of control pretty much the whole season now. And he did go. I mean, we did we did miss a part, actually. Let me go back to that. Where he goes and talks to that lady. Yeah. After the, oh, after Mama the, Rue. After, yeah. I yes, after, he, yep. after he takes time off, he goes and talks to Mom mm-hmm. LaRue. And he tells her, I wanted him dead. Yep. About, um, the, what's the guy's name? Jack Avril. Uh-huh. He, I wanted him dead. And she kind of talks him off the bridge. And I feel at 2117, the whole season, the whole out of control, everything finally hit a boil. He officially screwed up big time, realized it instantly. And my question to you, because I believe firmly this is the straw that breaks that broke the camel's back. Um, I believe this is full redemption coming for Jay Edgar. Obviously, the, the TV show has put him in a position to save to save Maddie, and he probably is gonna. But do you guys do you guys agree with me that that Jay Edgar officially snapped out of it, and he's coming back around now after that moment? And by the end of this episode, do you think that he's still going to be out of control and unstable, or do you think he's going to come around now after this moment? Well, I don't think I don't think it's a complete transformation, but I think it's a turning point. Okay. I definitely think it's a solid turning point where he's starting to look at some other avenues than self-destruction. You know, that's not working for him. Getting angry, you know, drinking too much, uh, it, that's not working for him. So losing his temper, revealing information he shouldn't reveal, you know, in, a, in an interview. So I think it's definitely a turning point. So I think he's trying, going to try something different. So we'll have to 
see how that plays out. But I definitely think there's more hope for him at this point because he's he's having some recognition of the other uh methods not working i I like the fact that he went and talked to somebody about it yeah and he wasn't like the therapist he was giving her crap nothing good yeah he wasn't being straight with her yes he was straight and he got it out of his system you could tell Mm -hmm. sometimes you need to talk about something to really get over yeah and say those words yeah out loud all right what do you think jay i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i never heard that that's a first on this (laughs) podcast that is so (laughs) profound (laughs) deep thoughts with jay <laughs> I can't be honest. I don't yeah, know. Yes, be hey, honest. Do I have do I have permission to use that as an answer in the future when I don't want to answer the question? <laughs> like, sure. I don't know. Pass. Next question, sure. please. <laughs> sure. You know, I'm I'm like ridiculously opinionated sometimes. <laughs> so so take the I don't know and live happily ever after. Run with it. Got it. Okay. He does not have a decision yet. He doesn't have a, a strong feeling. Ask me next week. Okay. We'll follow up with you next week. <laughs> All right. My question, I'll jump in. Harry surprises Edgar when he acts like he doesn't assume that they're going to go to West Bureau together. Because yes. Jay Edgar is talking about Pierce and Vega, you know, or whatever, and wanting them to have a good opportunity. But, you know, it's just like, well, once we get there, there might not be any more spots. And Harry's like, you know, well, why not? And he's like, well, once we go over, and what do you think? Do you think Jay Edgar is alarmed about this or just curious? Like that's a weird answer. Do you think it, how much do you think it weighs on him that Harry wouldn't just assume that they would both go over to, to uh, West Bureau and homicide? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Here's, here's the thing about that moment, right? So yeah. I, it, it probably is shocking to kind of hear his response to that but at the same time i feel like even with jerry not being all together with it so far for five weeks or whatever mm-hmm. even partners so long jerry's gotta know like we're approaching the end soon you know what i mean like there okay. has to be yeah there has to be that feeling somewhere like at some point enough is going to be enough and bosh will walk or i'll walk or somebody you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i feel like and that's why I say, I don't know, uh, <laughs> but like some of it's got to be expected and some of it has to be shocking. I, I don't know that it can be either way. Okay. Okay. So he clearly made an assumption, but maybe once he thought about it, he's like, well, you know, we have been partners for a long time. Here he is. You know, he's been with the department for a long time. What about you, Pete? The first thing I thought was if I'm Harry, man, the way you've been acting, you're lucky if I to be your, I don't even want to be I don't even want to be your partner right now. Nonetheless, in the same division. And guess what? In about 15 minutes, you're gonna be lucky if I don't punch you in your mouth. That's what I thought. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah, he's in. You know, Bosch and Jerry throughout the seasons have separated and came back, separated and came back a couple mm-hmm. times at this point now. Um, yeah. And like you know, I think it's not just the end of the season, but yeah. How many more times did that happen before Bosch just says, I'm done with you? Because we all know Bosch has a very short attention span when it comes to partners. Um, Jay Edgar and Bosch have a different type of relationship, I feel, which mm-hmm. allows it to go on. But I don't feel like – I feel like if there wasn't no Jay Edgar, Bosch might have a different partner every season because mm-hmm. nobody wants to work with him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, you know, they've been fortunate to find each other because they both deal with each other, the good and the bad. And now we're seeing a lot more Jay Edgar bad. And in the past, we've seen a lot more Harry bad. So we can't really sit there and say that, you know, 
how's Harry not going to be there for Jay Edgar now when he's been there for him in the past and, you know, family, yeah. friend, brother, whatever. But yeah, I, I, I mean, Harry's a weirdo to begin with. If you, <laughs> you want my opinion where like, I could see him being like, yeah, nothing, nothing's determined. Like, how do you know? We, you know, we might go separate ways, you know, who knows what's going to yeah. happen, you know, very cynical. And, you know, who knows if we're even going to be on the force in a month, yeah. you know? He is a cynic. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. So like, you know, and then Jay Edgar's just thinking like, yo, yeah, we're cool. Everything's good. I mean, I'm having some issues, but, you know, it's my brother. He loves me. You know? All right. Jay, what's your question for us? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That little routine is not going to last much longer. Dang it. I, I was just going to milk it as long as I could. Why doesn't, why doesn't Herb retire? What's his real motivation? That is a good question. Because gotta, think about it yeah. for just a quick second, right? Uh-huh. Okay, yes, it's the top spot. It's it's prestigious. You make good money. It's a good career thing. It looks great on your resume. People respect you for it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole ton of BS behind it too, mm-hmm. right? He's got a new woman in his life. He's got a new child in his life. His 401k probably looks good. He's worked long <laughs> enough that he's got the police pension like He'll probably get some kind of great golden parachute severance if he didn't get the second. Yeah. Why in the heck? What is his motive? Why doesn't he just retire? Go out okay. into the here's, sunset. Here's my answer. Yes. I don't know. Touche. <laughs> no, I re- that is a good question. I really I I don't know. And I think I have have thought about that some throughout the season. Like, why does he keep trying so hard? You know, if it's Maybe just take this as a sign to, you know, just enjoy life with your wife and your new baby. Yeah. And I wouldn't think financially, like you said, that it's a major issue and he could get jobs doing other things. He could write a book. Yeah, I mean, right. there's all kinds of things. So right. I don't know. I, I, I want to hear what the other fans think, because that's a good question. What about you, Pete? Well, I happen to know the answer because I know okay. everything. Um, so here's what I think. He was moving up in the force and he was the police chief and he was ready to make a move to mayor. And we saw him decide not to run for mayor. And mm-hmm. I think um, it was mm-hmm. kind of revealed that he chose not to run for mayor because he really was. He really got involved with this. I want to um, reform the police. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really he wanted to start something, invest in it and um, finish it and get it done properly and make mm-hmm. a real change. So I feel like it's not financial motivated. It's it's. Um, you know, he just got involved in the cause and he really he knows he knows if you re, if you put somebody else in there, they're going to do, you know, like the guy said, like the guy said earlier, um, Nestor, I think it was when he said, just we want a quick result. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that all throughout Bosch, that they'll mm-hmm. come and say, we want a quick result, which means you have a you have a, a, a suspect. Get what you can on him and move on. Don't dig for, if you don't have to, you know, don't mm-hmm. don't utilize resources. You know, let's just get this done and blame somebody even if it's not the right person. I'm not saying they do that on purpose, but you know what I mean? Sometimes that comes out like that because they don't, that's why they have to get all the proof together first. But um, I also think though now that he has a kid, he doesn't want his kid living in a world where not only are the people messed up, but the cops are messed up. Mm-hmm. And he has a chance to, to really make, to be the, you know, the, um, the nucleus of the yeah. change. That's an interesting and take. Saw, and we saw a lot of that talk in the beginning of the episode when he said, reform takes time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We try to shiv out, you know, we try to get rid of the, 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 um, you know, the police identifying, you know, inner city youths as gang members, but the gangs are still in record numbers in those territories. So, you know, it's a, it's a never ending battle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's like, they're, they're, they're finding a way to do it and they need time. 
And it's no different than what's going on in the real world today. I mean, yeah. it takes a lot of time. It you know, does. it's a hard question to answer is how do you fix it? What, what's the right way to fix it 100% so everybody wins? And I don't, I don't know. But So um, from a very, a very noble perspective, yeah, it could be that he really wants to make change. That would Yeah, be it's not really... about the money. It's not about the power at this point. It's about I have a kid that's going to live in this world. And, I, you know, I care about the world and, and you know, just the, the wrong – I can't think of the word. But, like, you know, when you mistreat people mm-hmm. and just, you know, just stuff like that, corruption and – you know, he sees it. He's grew up and he was part of it at one point. Well, I, I, that's a very positive way to look at it. It could be. But you also made me think that maybe part of it is he doesn't want to sort of lose something again by giving up the mayoral race. He, you know, he didn't win for mayor. He chose not to. But that kind of, you know, was a I don't want to say a failure, but I mean, that didn't pan out. So maybe he doesn't want something else his second term to not pan out, you know, and it obviously could be a combination of, of all of those factors. But when you started talking, I thought about that too. Like, well, I don't want, you know, pie in my face again or whatever. Well, yeah. Well, what you're referring to is, yeah, I, I gave up the mayor race. It looks like, okay, I paid to be the police commissioner to do some real work. And then they just, they kicked me out of there and I'm going to yeah. retire or, or, you know, be removed. Now, what is he going to do? Yeah. People want to go out, you know, with the bang and having. But I do think his kids has a lot to do with it. If you really okay. want my opinion at this point, okay. because not, he's for the reform. But once he, I, I, I'm not sure if he knew. Um, I'm trying to think of the timeline now. If he knew he was uh-huh. having the kid at the same time he left the mayor race and, be, and he did. On. He did. She was. He knew she was pregnant. So, yeah. so then, so then, to me, it's the kid because it's okay. not money. We know that, and it's not okay. about power. So, what is it? It's Going his future. His family's future. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. Good answer. All right. We, you know, what we didn't talk about, uh, too, was some of the callbacks. Do you remember who the did you recognize the special master that Joan and Jimmy spoke to? It was Rodney Belk, who was Harry's attorney in season one for the Flores case. I don't know if you noticed that, but that was another little cameo that came across the screen. I did not. Well, now, you know, now, you know, let's see. Um, after battle. Go, Joe. Maddie and Antonio are drinking fat tire beers. I didn't you know, see that. Didn't you did or that. did not? I did notice that. You did notice I that. Did, okay. I did notice that one. Of not course, my trivia question. <laughs> good, good. Not. Of course, we saw Dr. Gallagher and Brasher and Pounds. But yeah, the, these episodes are just chock full of little. It's the Bosch farewell tour, people. It is. It's the Bosch farewell tour. Exactly. So, all right. Well, then now it's time for persons of interest. Anybody want to volunteer to go first on this one? Nope. Pete. Is volunteering. Um, so what was what was the, the hedge funds guy's name? Carl Rogers. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. His lawyer, Jay Reasonfield or Reasonfeld, whatever his name is. Jay, Jay it's initial J Reason folks. So folks. Reason folks. Yeah. 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 This guy, I mean, uh, this is an easy one for me. You know, we, we, we meet him. He seems sketchy. We, t- we find out from the other guy that when he's like, oh, you think he's like sli- slippery enough to hire a hitman? He's like, I think he was one. <laughs> yeah, which, that was a good which line. Bosch writers would not put that in there unless they were trying to tell you directly, hey, here's a slap in the mouth. This is the bad guy, people. Or at least yeah. this is the guy who, who makes all the calls. And then we saw at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. after he watched the video, he made a call mm-hmm. and said, you know, we got to you got to you got to send them back. He's got to come back. Yeah. So, yeah. That's he, a good, I, good I, answer. Yeah, he's a bad guy. <laughs> All right, Jay, you go next because Pete took mine. I didn't have a backup prepared. Pete, Pete is a jerk. <laughs> he's just a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. 
new guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Collins. Oh yeah. Whoops. No Collins again, huh? Um yeah, I no am I am gonna go with Dr. Gallagher. Okay. And I'm gonna go with him because with all the things that happened in this episode, all the little things along the way, I really feel like that initial scene with him and Harry has set the tone for everything. Mm-hmm. I think I think he he mentioned um, what did he say? It was like a cancer on a soul or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then his Bosch's answer to his question was, um, you know, the jury's still out. And I mm-hmm. feel like these are two guys in two important professions mm-hmm. that do a lot of really pivotal work. And I think it just, it shows you that eventually it, it all stops. It all changes. You can't take it anymore. It's not easy. It's not fun. It's, not enjoyable and it takes its toll. And I think again, as we saw throughout the episode, kind of the ups and downs and the the good and the mostly bad, mm-hmm. like I, I think it just, it set the tone for the rest of the season for me. Like, yeah, this is not good. And yes, we all know that the show is going to end and there is a spinoff and there's a new Bosch in the future kind of new world for him or whatever. But I think this really sets the tone for it. And it all comes from that conversation with this guy, why he's stepping away and, and his prompting Bosch to say the jury's still out. And then I think Bosch's answer to that was not just about um, is, you know, it can just to still be found in this world or however he put it, mm-hmm. whatever. I think it's the jury still out, um, you know, the world in general, how good is it? How much of an impact am I really making? How much of this effort is really worthwhile? So I'm going to give it to him. Good one. I like it. I'm going to go with Harry Bosch himself, just because like Pete was kind of talking about, is he going to get to this point with Jerry where it becomes physical and he just really loses it? He's tried to, he's had concerns about how Jerry was impacting cases, um, not showing up on time, things like that. But then it gets really personal, you know, when the, when he mentions the other witness and then it becomes about Maddie. So just because I think Harry at, in this episode has hit a point that, you know, yeah. further point in, in this episode, I don't, I'm not saying it very well, but it's been building. It's been building. He's been frustrated. He's had been frustrated with Edgar. He's been frustrated with witnesses being taken into federal custody, you know, that kind of thing. Frustration has been building up on a lot of different fronts. And then I think that that point with him mentioning the witness just was a tipping point. And so I'm a little, little concerned, you know, how this is going to play out from here because he has reached a new level of, uh, of frustration and anger, fear, whatever you want to call it. All right. Well, let's run through our evidence locker really quickly before we move on to the tip line. So in Billet's storyline, she, she got the information about the incels. She got some feedback from Brasher. Anything else on the Billets front? No. Not that I can think of. In the East Hollywood apartment fire, we have lost some headway with that because... We didn't get much information about the fire of Sonia Hernandez today. No, because our, our, our suspect is now in federal custody and they wanted to get him to name Pena. They go to Pena and, like you said, mostly just try to ruffle his feathers to distract him so Jerry could put the tracker on. So they do have the tracker now, so maybe they'll get something from that. But, yeah, everyone's pretty much tight-lipped about all of that. Irving's putting the push on the mayor, sending that message through Jenkowski. So we know he's 
working on something there. And then with Carl Rogers, of course, you know, Jerry makes the, the reveal about the other witness. And we know that they're calling someone back. And we know that we did learn that folks does have at least probably one mob connection with this Willie Dats guy. There was suspicious disappearance of witness witness or witnesses in that case. So that looks like he could be intricately involved with the uh, gunman activity uh, in this season. So anything obvious that we didn't hit for the evidence or findings, let us know. Let us know if we didn't. And speaking of letting us know, tip line, that's where we want you to let us know when we miss something. If you agree, disagree, something you wanted to point out about the If you had a sandwich for lunch, we want to know about it on the tip line, people. (laughs) Pretty much anything. What kind, what toppings, what condiments, we want to know it all. Send it to the tip line. But speaking of getting things wrong sometimes, I have struggled. I don't know if any of you have or if Mike would say he had, but I have struggled with Franzen's name. And, and Valerie reminded me of that. I, I, several occasions we've called him Victor Franzen. I thought it was Victor. It's Vincent. It's oh. Vincent yeah. So. Is Victor short for Vincent and that I not, <laughs> no one told me? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, but, I never got it wrong. Oh, oh, okay. That's because you weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, even in written stuff about the, about the show, I messed that up and had to go back and correct it. So yes, it's it was he's gone now but it was vincent franzen but yeah let us know that stuff we want to know and then mike left us some feedback let me get to that while you're pulling that up i would just like to reiterate that we love to know when tracy is wrong (laughs) yeah you know she leaves this podcast she spends countless hours writing those recaps she really puts a ton of work into it and while we appreciate it we really appreciate it even more when we can tell her she screwed up. So please send that. Just send them all to J J A Y at so many shows.com. I will compile a list and we will do a whole podcast. Oh, a whole the episode. Things. Yes. There you go. Yes. Okay. Right. Perfect. All right. Love so you, jump on board with that. Love you. Love Thank you, Jay. <laughs> all right. Mike says a couple of season one callbacks in this episode, one sad reunion and one happy reunion. The sad part. When Bosch stops in to chat with Dr. Gallagher, called it in our trailer breakdown, Gallagher says he is experiencing a full-blown crisis of faith, a cancer of the soul. I wonder what happened to Gallagher that rocked his faith that bad. That is a good question. What else has he been up to the last? Okay, the happy part. The happy part, he says, seeing Bosch mess with Harvey Pounds in the same hallway where Bosch threw him through the watch commander's office window at the end of season one. Yes, I think we all relished that. That scene had me laughing so hard, had to bring it back a couple times to watch. Yeah, feel free to watch that over and over, man. That is that is just so funny. But thank you for that, Mike. We also had some chatter on Twitter about AGG. That's Pete's That's right. uh, acronym, Antonio's Gotta Go. And uh, he's been very vocal about that. Some agree, some did not agree. I saw um, a new one, AGS. I guess I guess that's Antonio's got to stay. Got to stay. I don't want to hear that talk. <laughs> yeah. So let's see for the for the record if we can get this straight. Let's see. Mike, I think Mike said AGS. Mike Mike Mr. Boss trivia guy. So he says AGS, AGS, AGS. Pete is saying that Antonio shouldn't be Maddie's guy, but I feel that Maddie won't be saying goodbye. 
They have their issues, but who doesn't every day? And that's why I feel like I have to say Antonio's got to stay. So, I mean, you, that you remember rhymes. in the beginning of the podcast where I thanked him and I called him a good guy? Remember that? <laughs> yes. I take it all back. I take it all back. This is a, this is a hot topic, man. I, but I'm impressed because that, that even rhymed. So I, I got to give him points just for that. So he's saying he's got to stay. Valerie says she agrees mostly with Mike. Valerie, uh, says, <laughs> Valerie says, I always agree with Mike. And Pete needs to lay off Antonio. Never. Hashtag, hashtag team Antonio. Oh. Anne says she's on team Pete. Antonio isn't the guy. There is so little spark between Antonio and Maddie. They could be siblings. <laughs> All I can figure is that Maddie equates emotion with chaos and upheaval. Emotion with chaos and upheaval and is afraid to feel too much. I get that, but I want Maddie to break out of her emotional prison. Let's see what else. Which I feel she did this episode. You feel like she did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that was, like I said, that was a very important moment for me. um, Watching Maddie and me and Jay being overprotective of her. To see her break down and upset is never good, you know, for any of your favorite actors, actresses, or people in general. But mm-hmm. to see her break down about her mom, I wasn't really upset about it. Like, you know, oh, my God, poor Maddie. I was more like, you know what, Maddie? I- I- I'm going to take a tissue, even though I'm not crying for you, because I-, I know where you're coming from. I've done it a few times when it comes to my dad. May he rest in peace. Sure, sure. No, I hear you. And and in response to Mike's AGS, Antonio's got to stay. She says, oh, Mike, Antonio is Mr. Safe. He'll be fine until she meets the guy who makes her toes curl and her breath catch, just locking eyes with her. She will break Antonio's heart, but it'll be the only way to free her own. And that guy's name is Tom. T-O-M, capital T. (laughs) We're going backwards here. Let's go forward. It's the Bosch Farewell Tour. Let's talk about Tom. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's true. We need a Tom cameo. All right, but that was uh, that was some fun conversation going on 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 Twitter there. It's it's a, it's a hot topic, the Antonio situation. I I'm I mean, just for the record, I'm buying it more. I'm still a little bit with what Anne's saying. I don't necessarily see it as a lifetime together, but but at the same time, I'm I, we're getting to know him better, and we're seeing a little more vulnerability from. It's Matt. over. It's over. He's got privileges to walk the dog. It's over. We've lost that battle, people. <laughs> lost that battle. All right. So that brings us to trivia. You have something for us, Pete? Okay. So I came up with two trivia questions today. The first one is for Tracy. If Tracy gets it wrong, Jay will have a shot to answer. If Tracy gets it right, Jay will have a different question. So the question for Tracy. In the beginning of the episode, when Jimmy's talking to Bosch, there's a saying. You're going to fill in the blank here. Okay. Life is short. First, you get a root canal, and then you die. No. Jay. Oh, God, I remember that because I was cracking up about the root canal. Shit. I don't remember. Okay. So he says, Jimmy's, so he says, life is short. First, you get a root canal, and then Jimmy says, you get whacked by a pro. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. I also, um, I'll say the second trivia question because it's a softball one for Jay. Um, When Pierce is looking at the camera of the shooter, the hitman, with Vega, and they're looking at the Nissan Altima, he he um he clicks the speed up to speed it up. How much does he speed it up? Two point five. Wrong. That's your favorite part of the podcast. Wrong. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah, Tracy gets a guess. 
I'm going to say two. Um, you're both wrong. He actually speeds it up ten times. Ten times? Oh, yeah. He's because really they're watching the long period of time when the guy's not moving. Right, so he goes ten right. Times to, and then he, they finally stop it when he yeah. comes out. But I saw that and said that's a good softball question, you know? Well, that just means he watched it way too quick, and they probably missed something important. And Oh, like now, the tree blowing to the left instead of the right? Now the wind I'm, was now off I'm that upset day. with Pierce. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That's a, I, I'd call that meaty uh, middle of the road. Yeah, it wasn't like you didn't have to I count balloons. <laughs> you didn't have to count balloons, but you don't have to just remember the dialogue, which obviously I didn't even remember. But I did have a root canal two weeks ago. So there's that. You should have remembered then, Tracy. I know. I should have. You should look out for pros. They might try to whack you. <laughs> right. Now I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm you should be nervous. So. All right. Well, that was fun. Good to have you back, Jay. Good to be back. And once again, thank you to Mike for filling in. You know, Mike's rough a lot of feathers around here with this AGS stuff. Right. I did enjoy the extra trivia when Mike joined us. So when he joins us again sometime, we can look forward to extra trivia because that gives me more of a chance to get one right, at least. So. Well, I gave you the hint for next week. One of the trivia questions will be about the credits. I already told you guys half the battle. I'm going to watch them. I'm going to watch the credits. So, all right. Well, we have a great interview with Michael Conley. I hope you enjoy that. Let us know what you think. And we will be back to talk about episode six. See you then. See you. Bye. AGG. Come and tell me on Twitter why I'm wrong. Bye, guys. Well, thank you, Michael. I'm Tracy Phillips from the Everybody Comes podcast, and I really appreciate you joining us again. I guess we'll just kick it right off. Did you have this ending in mind all along for Harry Bosch in the television series, or did the spinoff change where he landed at the end of the original series? Well, I I think the answer is no to both. We we started this last season not knowing that there would be a spinoff. We were kind of halfway through. Okay. Um, We had actually completely written the season. And then we were just starting filming when um, it came up, IMDb wanted to talk to us about doing a spinoff. So we didn't really change anything based on uh, on that because we knew we were writing season seven and, that it, and we knew going in that would be the last season. So we wanted a summing up. Mm-hmm. I've been lucky in my books that I've been able to <laughs> extend that series over several actually almost three decades and right way, i've had a few times where i kind of sum things up so there's been a couple mm-hmm. of to the series or you could say big turns in new directions sure uh, in the book series and so we were looking to do something like that all along and you know and, and we continued with the plan even though uh, we started filming in july and probably by august we knew we were going to get this spinoff okay um, you didn't turn around and really change anything. Okay. Okay. Well, sounds like it worked out well. We're all really excited for the spinoff. Is there anything in particular, no spoilers, of course, that you're especially excited about with the spinoff? Well, I mean, the um, it, it follows the path of Harry Bosch that's in the books and, and he's had mm-hmm. some big changes in his, in his, in his career, his professional life, whatever you want to call it. I would right. call, just call it his mission. His mission has taken him in different directions and we're following that same path in the show. And so that's exciting, you know, and, and we're bringing in some new stuff, you know, the character of uh, Money Chandler, 
is going to play a big part in the new show. His daughter has always played a really big part, but she's really been going to get into a pretty interesting focus. And a lot of this stuff we set up in season seven. Mm-hmm. And so toward in the latter, latter parts of uh, season seven. Okay. Okay, great. Regarding all the cameos and callbacks, which the fans are just going to appreciate so much. Was it challenging to coordinate all those different players coming back? No, I mean, that also came out of like, we, you know, first day in the writing room, which I think was in January. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. It was March of the last year, I think. Okay. Uh, I'm all mixed up now. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, from from the beginning when we knew, hey, this is the last season, it was like, let's let's bring in some people. Let's bring them back. Of course, they're all, you know, working actors and you got to make sure it works out. And and sometimes we would want, you know, someone to come back in this episode, but they're on another show. And so we got them back on a, a different episode, mm-hmm. but it worked out. You know, we got to um, bring back Brasher, Gallagher, a few others. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, it was, it was really kind of fun. And, you know, our cast hasn't changed a whole lot over this seasons. And so uh, when someone came back, it was really a, like a, really a welcome back to a, to a family. Sure. So it was fun to see them, um, you know, and bring them back and, and update with them and just hang out on the set and things like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I'm curious a little bit about when all the detectives meet up, meet up at Musso and Frank's in the final episode. It's kind of a two-part question. Was that, did it have to be Musso and Frank's? in your mind or the writer's mind, or was there any other venue considered? And then I'm curious about who was sitting with you in your cameo in that scene, if that's anyone we might be interested to know about. <laughs> um, so you actually saw me there. I'm so out of focus. <laughs> <laughs> I spotted but, you. <laughs> no, I mean, we filmed at Musa so many times and they've been right. so nice to us. Uh, they've just been amazingly welcoming to us. And, and there's so and it's an iconic place. It's uh, the oldest uh, restaurant in Hollywood. That year, the, or on the prior year, 2019, basically, they had their 100th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it just seemed like if, you know, by design, we wanted to have a few scenes in the last episode and other episodes, but particularly mm-hmm. in the last episode, because I was involved in writing that, you know, where we brought as many people together as we could. And, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that's underlines that this is the end of the line. And, uh, and you know... Uh, probably we expended no more than three seconds thinking about where should we have that bar scene. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and the guy who was sitting with me is, his name is John Wellborn and he's a, uh, a guy who has opened many doors to us over the uh, seven okay. seasons. And so again, that might not be known to viewers and so forth, but he got us onto Angel's Flight in, yeah. in one of the seasons. He got us into the tunnels underneath um, Right downtown and and he's a uh, he actually runs a newspaper here in a small community newspaper in town but he just knows everybody okay. and I, I knew him before we had the tv show and he's helped me with my books i'm writing a book now where he, he helped me with all this knowledge about the different there's 400 different kinds of street lights in los angeles oh my gosh i had a lunch with him where he schooled <laughs> me and all that, he, wow. he's, that he's that kind of guy and okay so one of our producers uh period Bruga you know, said to me, we want to put you in the background of the of Musa scene. And we really think that we should bring John. John actually was in the pilot. Uh, Harry walks past him in the opening sequence of the pilot. Okay. Uh, he's at the bottom of uh, Azel's flight where Harry comes out of these steps and he walks by John, but it's so fast. It's, it's not a, it's not a good cameo. So we brought him back. And For another one. It was interesting because we had our, our COVID hair. He had a ponytail which I've never seen him in before. And 
and my hips were out of control. So I was kind of glad <laughs> that we were in soft focus. That's awesome. Well, that's, that's really good. That's really good information. That, uh, that's cool. It sounds like he contributed just fantastically to the series. Yeah, he, so that's, that's really nice for him. Yeah. Like Musos, he, he's a friend of the production. Yeah, for sure. And uh, all seven seasons. Um, was there anything about the series looking back, you know, when you were, when it was in development, that is just anything in particular that is maybe not drastically, but different than what you had envisioned for the series? No, I mean, I can't, I can't <laughs> give you anything controversial because I'm the luckiest guy that, you know, it, it rolled out the way I wanted it to roll Good. out. So yeah. To show that what we were able to uh, accomplish in the seven, seven seasons, almost zero regrets. I mean, the last season's eight episodes. I wish that had been 10, but, you know. Who's or even that? anything that it, it came out even better than you thought it would be. Yeah, I mean. Oh, a lot of stuff because I'm not, before this show, I was not, you know, I had a limited involvement in a TV show 20 years before in, um, okay. in the 90s. So I really knew not very little about TV production. And so I, it, okay. but, you know, I really wanted to be involved in this because I had invested so much time in this character over the years. And so, you know, I, I, I came out of the show with a great, great regard for editing and how editing can shape an episode and shape a season and make things so well it looks so good i mean i remember we spent three days in season two doing a shootout in a uh, bank parking lot yeah and little mm-hmm. pieces here little pieces there and i was thinking like i don't think this is going to come off very well and then that's one of the most exciting things we ever did in sure yeah and um, it looked seamless to us <laughs> yeah no i mean and like i saw it through different cuts and each uh-huh. cut get better and better and better and and more exciting and have more momentum and stuff and it's just really that was a real lesson for me to uh to in terms of trusting the the pros that are involved in the show right right i'm always in awe of the editing when you look at the trailer and then you see the season there's very clever with that to uh kind of keep everyone on their toes you know it looks like you know something's happening but it could be completely different so it's kind of like a, yeah, a the other thing the job they have is difficult because they usually only have like two or three episodes when it's time for them oh, to, okay. to cut a trailer. So right. the trailer is really advertises the first, the beginning of the show and, and rarely has stuff towards the end. Okay. You know, so, so we have the eight episode arc in our minds and we're building towards a crescendo sure. and then they have to build a crescendo out of the first three episodes. So, okay. so okay. It, it's just you know, just an observation that's interesting about yeah the business. Definitely, yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that it that it would happen that early in the process that they would kind of put a trailer together. And the other thing is the um, music is so important in trailers. And um, yes, a few times we've taken. In fact, the um, the theme song that everyone loves. Yes. <laughs> on our opening credits, that was initially on a, a trailer Amazon cut together. Oh. And we like the trailer, but it's like, hey, this music, this this is like what Bosch is about. Sure. And so then that became our our uh, you know our theme song for the opening credits. That comes up so often in just fan discussions on social media. The the theme song, it just everyone just loves it so much. I actually have it as my ringtone for my husband. So he's the only one that gets the Bosch. Oh, it's, it's funny that um, that song is so well regarded and so perfect yeah. that, you know, it's a high bar for the, the next show because we have to come up with something equally. Uh, oh, yeah. That catchy is. And meaningful <laughs> and uh, 
right. And that kind of drive that would bring you into the show. Sure, sure. So will you essentially have two shows in production overlapping at the same time with the Lincoln Lawyer and then when you get yeah, going with the film? Um, for about three weeks, I think. Lincoln, oh, okay. Lincoln Lawyer is well underway. Okay. And that wraps, I think, um, around July 20th. And uh, oh, okay. we're starting the new show next week. Right. Okay. Okay. So not not too much of, of both at once. I imagine that would be pretty, uh, well, just a lot going on with your writing and the podcast. When is your podcast, the next iteration, going to come out? Yeah, that comes out in Audible um, on July 1st. Well, the first two episodes. Really. Okay. One episode. Okay. Um, I, my, you know, in the Lincoln Lawyer, I, I'm involved in, you know, I, I co-wrote one of the scripts, but I don't have the same level of involvement as I do on, okay. in the Bosch world, which is, uh, you know, really what I feel is my home in, in mm-hmm. television. Okay. Well, I'm curious, is there any chance of us ever seeing Renee Ballard on TV? Um, yeah, there's always that possibility. Um, okay. She's unspoken for, I guess you'd say. Okay, yeah. <laughs> in television, and, and we have talked about it with IMDb about whether to, you know, drop her into the first season of this mm-hmm. panel to establish her, and, you know, oh. that's an ongoing discussion. It hasn't okay. but we have we only have scripts for the first half of the season, so we'll see. Okay, okay. And never well, say I- ever about this, something like that. Well, I'm pulling for her, so you got my vote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know this is just a, a horrible question. And even fans, when they ask each other, you're like, I can't choose. But is there any season that holds a certain special place in your heart? Well, I really love what we did in this last season. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we wrapped it up in a really good way. And so that it might be that one. But I also, I, mean, I always get the seasons mixed up. But the one where uh, <laughs> we used, um, I mentioned it earlier, Angel Slight and, and right. Under the Tunnel. And he, you know, when he finally solves his, his mother's murder, I think that's four, right? Four, yes. <laughs> that that was just, that was an amazing season for me. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of that looks like sets, but almost none of it was. Those yeah. songs are really under there. And thanks to uh, John Wellborn and some other people in our locations, team, we actually got in there to film. And it was the first time people filmed in there in decades and okay. um, or, or possibly ever because it was an abandoned you know they had these things in LA called the red car which they stopped in the 50s okay so we're underneath there and, and there's like ticket booths and stuff that have just got like inches of dust on them wow and, and we show them in the show and I think people probably thought oh that's that's a stage or that was built it wasn't mm. in fact we had to uh go through all this testing to make sure it was safe to go into those tunnels because of asbestos and things like sure, that sure. and the air quality and all that stuff and you know they would be got a clean bill of health and went in there and filmed it it was fabulous yeah definitely i mean like i said no one wants to choose but that four is a is a popular option a popular choice when you force people to pick one i i hear people say four a lot and it's i i especially like it as well okay we have just sort of a silly question to wrap up we've been asking everybody if budget were not a concern um not a, not an issue or a factor how would you solve the hollywood division's coffee problem the horrible coffee if you could just turn that around what would you do i'm the wrong guy to ask i don't believe it or not <laughs> I, don't drink, I don't drink coffee oh wow i just never liked it um, okay so i'm like a nice tea guy um, okay so i would solve it by getting rid of the coffee makers and putting in a bunomatic iced tea maker which i actually have in my office I, I nice a commercial grade iced tea maker that makes uh two and a half gallons at a pop. And I, that's about how much I drink a week. Wow. 
Well, you know, I'm in Atlanta, so we have sweet tea. How, is your tea sweet at all? Um, I put sweetener in it, but it's not. I mean, I grew up in Florida. Yeah, yeah, you know. Live part of the year in Tampa, so I know sweet tea. Yeah, and, okay. And uh, I mean, that's basically what you get in Tampa. If you ask for iced tea, it comes in sweet tea. Usually. Right, right. You don't have to say that part. It's a little different. I, I'm like, I put sweet oil in, so that's probably like uh, defaming sweet tea. But uh, <laughs> that's what I do out here in LA. Okay, okay. Very good. Well, thank you again for your time. Really appreciate it. And I'm just so excited about everything in the works and sharing the season with all the fans. So well, thanks for uh, everything you've been doing for all these years with the podcast. And, uh, oh, you're it's, welcome. It's been great um, to have that kind of support. We love it. We love it. Got some good subject matter. All right. Take care, Michael. All right. You take care, too. Bye. Thank you. Bye.